0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: If you've binged through the Hookup podcast, you've listened to every episode and you're looking for something new to listen to, well, there's a new season of Tall Tales and True. If you've never heard of it before, basically it's a podcast that brings the best live storytelling from around Australia and every season has a different theme. Last season was all about community, and now for its 12th season, they're bringing you stories from sex workers across Australia. And the host for this season is sex worker and author Tilly Lawless. You might have read her book, Nothing But My Body. And I got the chance to chat to her about the show and also about her own incredible, funny, sobering, and really raw experiences as a sex worker. I really hope you enjoy this chat. I learned a lot. I also learned a lot from binging the whole season of Tall Tales and True. Um, but yeah, anyway, I started by asking her to tell us about this new season and everything that you can expect.
0: Basically, we compiled a selection of live stories by sex workers in Australia that had been told at various events. So, you know, we listened to like, I think maybe like 20 or 30 stories and then uh, cut it down to seven to try and get like a broad array of like different experiences and... Um, it was important to me to have like um, some Indigenous voices and also trans women speak as well because like uh, a lot of trans women are in the sex industry and also people working under different legal models. Like one of the stories is about someone working under criminalisation in South Australia. So yeah, we just tried to get you know kind of a a reflection of the kind of diverse experiences that people have within the sex industry in
1: Australia. That's what I love so much about it because uh, I feel like for people who maybe don't listen to or are immersed in sex work themselves or have maybe friends or family members, it's pretty hard to kind of understand what it can look like for so many different people. And, yeah, like you said, the seven episodes, seven people's experiences um, from, like, people who are just starting out to people who have been doing it for decades and, and like you said, like a trans experience and and you have a whole episode. Do you think that when people – think about sex work, they kind of have a bit of a stereotype of what that looks like. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've, I've spoken about this and
0: a lot of sex workers have spoken about before that it's usually kind of a binary in how people view it. Like either that people imagine that you're like impoverished and abused and dejected and a victim or you're like uh, high earning and glamorous and there's not really much space given for the in-between.
1: Yeah, that high-end glamorous thing is such a such a trope in media, isn't it? Oh my god, the whole sugar baby. Thing. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. There's just so
0: much media like covering <laughs> that at the moment. Like they kind of also it's just like very aspirational. I feel like in terms of
1: like girl boss feminism and stuff. You know, how do you feel about I mean, all the TikToks that are that real kind oh. of sex work TikTok? kind of movement at the moment of being like a day in the life and it shows you just yeah like do you feel like I
0: find that really negligent to be honest because I feel like a lot of those TikToks are someone or is like for example a stripper that's just had a really successful shift and like is flashing her money around and they're not mentioning that that's like one in every you know 10 shifts or whatever like not every shift you earn a lot of money and some shifts suck and like it's I don't know. I don't think, it, I think it gives a false presentation to people like entering the industry of like how, how easy the money is to make, you know, it makes it look like it's easy money. Whereas
1: I've always said, it's not easy money, it's fast money. There's a huge difference between those yeah. things. That's, yeah, a really interesting way to look at it. Um, And yeah, like you've been saying, it doesn't really portray a realistic experience. Whereas this podcast does it talks about the hardships the trauma the dangerous situations that sex workers can find themselves in like but another thing that I do really like about this season is that it does celebrate a lot of the beauty that can come in brothel sex work like friendships and um, a lot of the experiences that you might have with clients and I think it was the episode that Betty was in how she she spoke about how she felt more respected by the men that she was working with Compared to the men in her personal life, how has your experience been with clients? Like, I guess, like a a beauty kind of that you found within certain clients that she kind of touches on about, you know, them being really vulnerable and kind of it's almost like a bit of a therapy session.
0: Definitely. I mean, I think that it's more acceptable for men to book a sex worker than to see a therapist. So I think a lot of them are using you for uh, the kind of like, um, uh opening up and like sharing emotions that they wouldn't otherwise and you know I always say that I've been treated just as badly if not worse by random men on the street than I ever have by a client so you know clients aren't don't exist in some sort of sphere separate to normal men you know like there are there are good and bad clients just as there are good and bad men and i mean Even saying good or bad clients is kind of reductive because people aren't good or bad at how they they treat people is good or bad. Um, But, yeah, it was really important to me with the podcast, with the stories we selected, that the good things about sex work came across, which is, you know, the really the community that's formed and the camaraderie between you and other workers and I think also the humour in situations. Like Pris's story is really good in terms of kind of like absurdist humour. Um, Yeah, when we were working on it, you know, like I was like, I I didn't want it weighed down by too much sadness, because there are already so many kind of sob stories around sex work. And I didn't want it to be a trauma porn thing. But I also wanted to recognize the um, difficulty of some people's lives in the industry, you know?
1: Definitely. It it painted that picture so well. So Tilly, your episode four bookings and a breakup is about working with your Um, ex-partner. Yeah, we we won't go into it so people can listen. But I do want to talk about uh, something that you did mention in that episode, which is that you had a few bookings with women. And for you, Mm. that was quite rare. As we know, like you said, men are kind of the predominant client. As a queer woman, how did those bookings differ for you compared to working with men?
0: they are truly, they are those moments when I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Um, Especially when like, like a girl, like around my age books me. Um, I actually, I had a really hot girl book me uh, during the pandemic. And afterwards, like I wanted to text her and be like, we should hang. And like, I, I have friends who are, who are like, who are straight and will sometimes date a client you know meet someone as a client and end up dating dating them and I've always been like oh how could you date a client you know and then when I had this experience with her and like I had to hold myself back from texting her and I was like oh my god I'm such a loser that like I want to hang out with this girl (laughs) um so I mean I love one of my favorite experiences ever was with a, a heavily pregnant woman who booked me like I I love being able to fuck women for work. I'm definitely much more nervous when it happens, but yeah.
1: Yeah, you spoke about that in the episode. It was really, really beautiful. But yeah, that must be so hard, like especially if they are your age because it's kind of just like is – I guess because maybe it's not a traditional work, quote-unquote workplace, like is there rules around whether or not you can –
0: I I probably could. My professional – it was like my professional boundary of being like I have this thing of like – I never want to have sex with the client for free in case I'm losing out on a future job with them, you know, because once you've crossed over into having sex with them for free, they're never going to pay you again, you know? So like I never contacted the girl in the hope that she would book me again. Yeah. She never booked me <laughs> no! again. So, I mean, I put, I, I just, I'm just like slightly too professional. I, I couldn't <laughs> let myself contact her
1: oh man (laughs) and now it's too weird it's been like yeah it's been I I was gonna say it would be such a weird message to be like hey remember me (laughs) speaking of do you have a favorite memory of a client I mean that time
0: with the pregnant woman was very special um and I've had a lot of couples bookings that I've really really loved like couples will often book you for like an anniversary or one of their birthdays and I think it's really beautiful to be shown Kind of get that insight into the intimacy between a couple, um, and also better than any porn you'll ever watch is like actually being involved with a couple, uh, but. No, I don't. I don't think there is like one standout
1: with this podcast. Obviously, the, the one of the reasons it was put out into the world was to you know challenge some of the misconceptions about the sex work industry, um, mm-hmm. and like you said, really paint a picture of all the different experiences that people can have. Obviously, we need to be having more media put out like this, as in tall tales and true. What are some of the other ways that we can break down the taboo that does surround sex work in Australia?
0: I mean, I think the really simple thing is just like listening, listening to sex workers. And I think it was really great that this podcast not only had stories directly from sex workers, but, you know, um, ABC asked me another sex worker to host it and like be a liaison with the the, um, people whose stories were being used. Um, So I think it's really important when like community is put first, Uh, I think on a more practical level legislation is really important. So like New South Wales has decriminalised sex work and Northern Territory has it and Victoria is about to have it. But, you know, South Australia, it's still criminalised. Queensland and WA and ACT, they all have like legalisation models. So some forms of sex work are legal and some are illegal. So it still leaves uh, sex workers uh, vulnerable to prosecution. So I think like on a broad level, having sex work decriminalised Uh, on a national scale is really important but yeah I think I think it's mainly putting media in the hands of sex workers themselves like giving them the opportunities because for so many decades there have been books and articles and academic things written on sex workers but not by sex workers
1: well there you go for you listening um this is the first place that you can start if you do want to broaden your perception of maybe the stereotypes you have of sex workers you can head on over to wherever you get your podcasts uh and look up the new season of tall tales and true where you will be able to hear seven episodes uh, hosted by the person you're listening to right now uh tilly lawless tilly thank you so much for jumping on the hookup absolutely my pleasure